thank you. Just a closer walk with thee. And we need that during these times right now. If you would uh, take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. There's, a, um, there's also a verse in the Bible. Uh, Pastor was talking about saluting people. And there is a verse in the Bible I might mention that says, Greet um, each other. Each, I think it says, Greet your brethren with a holy kiss. So we're not going to do that tonight, okay? Just, just want to let you all know that. <laughs> Isaiah 43, and we're going to start in verse 43. If you go ahead and stand, just out of respect of God's word. Isaiah 43. 43, and we're going to, um, I'm sorry, Isaiah 43, 1. Isaiah 43, 1. We're going to go ahead and uh, read through verse 5. But now, thus saith the Lord that createth thee, that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the waters, Thou shalt not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thee seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we can come and assemble together. Uh, Lord, in in a house of worship, Lord, I thank you for um, your word. I thank you, Lord, for how it has sustained time. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we can open your word tonight. Lord, I pray that everything is done and said will honor and glorify you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In 1918, there was an epidemic of the Spanish flu. In fact, 500 million people were affected uh, by that flu. There were 50 million deaths as a result of that, and actually, in the United States in 1918, 675,000 people uh, died from that flu. Annually, there's a billion people that are affected uh, with a seasonal flu, whatever the the flu is for that particular season, anywhere from 291,000 to 646,000 deaths occur um, as a result of the seasonal flu. Most of those deaths are affected in older people, and they're comprised usually of people that have immune um, syndrome or immune issues with their immunity. Um, In 2009, H1N1 flu pandemic, it affected 60.8% million people with uh, 284,000 deaths, and in the United States, 12,469 deaths were reported as a result of that flu, and that was in 2009. Now, I just want to 
make a disclaimer. I am not a medical doctor. I just play one on television. In 2019, in the, in the winter of 2019, a virus came to light. It was called COVID, uh, C-O-V-I-D-19. It originated in a place in China, and it was perhaps um, as a result of bat meat. If there's anybody that eats bat meat, let me know right now, because I want to keep a little bit further than six feet away from y'all. Currently, there's about 127,000 cases um, of this virus with over 4,700 deaths. The message I'm going to speak tonight on is the fears and the fear nots. The fears and the fear nots. Of this virus, also called the coronavirus, I pulled up a, a CDC report on some, some advice that the CDC has given. And by the way, everybody has advice on the coronavirus. Um, it, was, it was looked at, I actually looked at it early on. The CDC came out and said, you must use hand sanitizer. It has to be a minimum of 60% alcohol. And uh, now the CDC has come out and said it needs to be over 70% alcohol. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but they really don't know. If you go through this, they basically explain the exposure um, of the people. It talks about washing your hands um, at least 60 seconds, especially um, after you've been in public places. Um, if you want to know exactly how to wash your hands, you can go to the CDC website, and they do have a video on that procedure. Um, it talks about using um, hand sanitizer, uh, you don't want to touch your eyes or mouth. Um, you avoid uh, close contact with people um, that are around you that you're not familiar with. Um, and if you are sick, you need to stay home. Um, you need to cover your coughs and sneezes. Uh, Brother Josh, I think I saw him licking the handles on my, on my uh, chair there, so I just want to make sure that um, he hand sanitized himself before he did that. It's also suggested that you're to wear a face mask if you are sick, not if you um, are healthy. And it goes on in detail about cleaning, disinfecting, etc. The, the pandemic has caused the markets, not only it's caused um, schools to shut down. In fact, Ocala Christian Academy, we are currently shut down at least until April 15th. Um, in addition, we are going to uh, take the school online. There's many uh, colleges and uh, schools across our state and across the nation that are doing that. It has uh, crashed. The, the, the stock market has crashed. There's two reasons for that. One of them is the fear of the pandemic, pandemic and also um, uh, countries such as Saudi Arabia, Arabia dumped um, oil into the markets to try to crash them, and he, they were very successful at that. President Trump has uh, declared a, a state of emergency. One of the specific reasons he did that was not necessarily the pandemic, but was to uh, free up uh, federal dollars uh, to take and take, those, take those, that oil and put it back into the reserves that the United States did not have 
those reserves were spent um, during the Obama years um, on an issue that they were trying to keep the oil prices at a certain price. So they took the oil reserves from the United States and they, um, and they actually used those. Uh, so President Trump was able to take that and keep the markets from completely uh, taking actually the oil industry from con con to completely going bankrupt here in the United States. People are losing their jobs. Um, if you've been to the um, if you've been to stores, the um, food is becoming more and more scarce. And has anybody ever tried to find toilet paper lately? Um, Anne asked a good question. She, she said, what were they using before this virus came up? I'm not really sure about that. There is an upside to this, this virus, and this is what it is. The parents are actually learning how to have conversations with their kids because they're staying at home. Husbands are actually getting yard work done. Well, except me. Um, wives are learning how to cook. <laughs> And parents are learning to appreciate teachers. So there is a good upside to that. Every company and organization that you can imagine is giving a, 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 a response to this virus. I don't know if you've looked at emails. I mean, I have emails just barreling in. Everybody has a response to this virus. And I'm going to go tonight, and I'm going to take the Word of God, and I'm going to look at this specifically through the Word of God, through the lens of God's Word. What I found in, in my life, every single issue in life, you can go to this book, and it's always relevant. It's always relevant. And even on an issue such as a, a virus that has caused fear, um, to, to, to levels that I have never seen. When we were at war, I never saw the, the fear that I have seen um, as a result of this, of this particular pandemic. So I'm going to go to God's word for, um, and I'm going to go fast and furious. So when I go through this, you can either write some of this down or you can just take, take word or take note of what I'm saying tonight. In God's word, there's two areas that God says about fear. There's two places, and one is there's things that we should fear, and then there's things that we should not fear. I'm going to go through God's Word tonight, and I'm going to go through some verses tonight about things that we should fear. In Proverbs 1-7, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and instruction. And then in Psalms 111.10, uh, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all that, that they do, his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Amen. Then I'm going to go through Proverbs, a couple other places in Proverbs. It says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord in Proverbs 10.27 says this, the fear of the Lord prolongeth the days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. 
Proverbs 14.27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, to depart from the snare of death. And then in Proverbs 15.23, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the, is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Proverbs 16.6, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. In Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied, and he shall not be visited with evil. You see, these verses, when we fear God, evil will not beset us. When we fear God, he is on our side. Proverbs 22.4 says this, By humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So we can see throughout Scripture that the fear of the Lord is something that God has an expectation for us to do. And it's not a fear of, of, of something that, that we and many people have a fear of a virus. It is a fear, it's a respect of the Almighty God, we have the ability to communicate with, with God himself, the creator of the universe. We have the ability. And the fear is to keep his commandments, and it's in his word. And as we go through this, as we go on, there are things that we are not to fear. There are 80 times in scripture, God says, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. And I'm going to kind of go through those tonight and just give you some overview of some places in God's word that we are not to fear. First of all, in um, Isaiah 41.10, it says this, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will abide. I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. You see, we as Christians really have nothing to fear except God himself. When I see this, this particular, the fear that I've seen throughout, um, throughout our state, throughout even locally, um, the fear is I have people from all sides of this that are, are fearful they're fearful about this. They're fearful about their health. They're fearful about their life, about their loved ones. And I understand that there, there should be a reverence and there should be common sense on, a, on something such as we're talking about. But as I have looked at this, I see Christians have become just as fearful about this issue as non-Christians, and that deeply, deeply troubles me. It bothers me. Because we have something that they do not have. And why are we fearful of that, of something that if they were to lose their life, where do they go? Where do they go? And as a Christian, for me to die is what? Is gain. Is gain. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding. 
in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Psalms 56.3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And then in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? In, in 1 John, and, and I'm not saying to be foolish with this, because I also believe that, that God has given us wisdom. He has given us you know, methods of, in this example, of protecting ourselves from something such as the coronavirus. But in addition to that, I believe that, that we as Christians uh, do not become foolish with that. In fact, I want you to turn to... to um, to Proverbs 10.27. Proverbs 10.27 for just a minute. Proverbs 10.27. This is what it says. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. And then in 1 John 5.16 and 17, it says this. 1 John 5.16 and 17. If any man... See his brother's sin, a sin which is not unto death. He shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Um, Every time that we take communion here at Central Baptist Church, the pastor will go to Corinthians and he will read Corinthians and he will talk very specifically about how that if we are to take, if a, if a believer is to take communion, is to take unworthily, if they have sin in their life, that he was referring to the church of Corinth and many times people would become sick and even die because they were taking that communion unworthily. See, we are not to be foolish about that. And I have, I've I've had discussions with this. This is um, something that sometimes you can go to the level of a Calvinistic approach on this. And I'll I'll explain that. Well, I mean, I can, I can go out here and I can lick the doorknobs of cruise ships, and I'll be fine because if I'm going to, if God's going to take me home, he's going to take me home. Well, I believe you're also, um, I believe you're also challenging God. And that's a, and that's a totally different, different scenario of what I'm trying to explain. You see, there was a, a Pentecostal preacher. Um, he, was, he lived back, he was back in the 80s, and um, he went through some really difficult times in his life, and he turned his back on God. And he became um, very, very angry God. He was very, he was very funny. He was a comic. And he started getting, um, 
he started becoming very, very well known in, in, in comedy. His last name was Kenningson, and I believe a lot of people may even know that name. Well, he became more and more vile in his comedy. He became extremely filthy in his comedy. He began um, even going after and challenging God in his comedy. Um, his, last, his last album that he put out, um, the title of it was Live from Hell. And he was making fun of of hell. April 10th, 1992, Kenningson died at age 38. He was in a car wreck. He was driving a 1989 Trans Am, brand new. He was on his way, he was on Route 95, on his way to a an event that was a sold-out crowd, a comedian event that he, that he was hosting. A 17-year-old young man in a pickup truck had, was drinking and hit him head-on. The manager of Kenningson's act was following behind him. He ran up to the scene of the, uh, of the accident. And he walked up to Kenningson, Kenningson, Sam Kenningson. This is what Sam Kenningson said in his last breath. This is what he said. And he wasn't talking to the manager. The manager didn't know who he was talking to. They didn't understand who he was talking to. But this is what he said. He goes, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And then he paused as, as, as if he was like listening to something. And he said this. But why? But why? And then he said, Okay. 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 And then he died. I don't know if Sam Kennington was a, a believer. If you looked at his life, you would say, I, I can't see how. Maybe, and he did make a profession as a young man. I don't know if he was a Christian. But it makes me wonder that very comment that he made. It makes me wonder if... God said, I'm taking you home because I've had enough. And there comes a time in, a, in your life that God will take you home because he's had enough of a believer. There is a sin unto death for a believer. And many times we challenge that because we have sin in our life and we don't get sin out of our life. There's a a, a gentleman, it was such a big statement. It was, it was well known in the press. I remember when I saw that, I saw that in the press, and I saw the comment because the press was putting out this comment, and everybody was like, you know, what is that about? And um, <clears throat> there's a guy by the name of Ozzy Osbourne. I am not related. Just <laughs> telling you, I'm not related. He was so moved by that, he said, I don't. I, I've never thought about something after life, but there's no question that, that this, guy was, this guy was talking to somebody, and it was somebody 
after life. And it actually got him concerned and got him talking about where do I, where do I go when I die? See, there is a time when God has had enough. But I also hold to the, to the, to the words of, of, of God when he says, in Luke like 12, 6 and 7, he says this, Are not sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Now some, God would have to do a lot more addition on their hair than, than others, and I won't go into that. But it, but it amazes me that God knows the hairs on my head. He knows the sparrows that fall. Do you not think he cares about where we are today? Do you not think he cares about the coronavirus and how it's affecting people? and how it's affecting um, Christians. Do you think that God looks down upon Central Baptist Church and says, wow, these people are really fearful of something that they can hold to my word on and not be afraid, and not be afraid. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Um, the CDC, I was looking at their report, and one of them is they have a whole article on... Um, on stress. And basically, um, I'm managing anxiety and stress during this pandemic. And they go on to, in great detail, about um, how to cope with this, how to cope with, you know, younger children, how to discuss this with them. If you're having difficulty sleeping because of, of, of you can't get this out of your head, um, and you're changing your sleep habits. It goes on. They've got a, a hotline that you can call um, for mental health services as a result of this pandemic. And I, I think of that, and I think, wow, that's, that's really interesting that they realize that the fear is driving people crazy. But then again, we as Christians, we have something so much greater than that. Amen. We have something so much greater than that. And when fear comes about you, this is one of the most awesome verses to go through. Finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true. What's really true? Anybody in here is sick right now? I mean, like coughing and stuff? Okay, I feel better. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. 
if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. In closing, I want you to turn to John 14. This is a very, very common passage, but I want you to turn to that. Because I think that just for us to have a way that we can have some solace in, and that is in Jesus Christ and his word, that he is in control. I think there's a little more to that than this, and this is what it is. In John 14, starting at verse 1, it says this, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not told, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know. And the way, ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, Thomas was asking a question. And the question was this, how do we know the way? This is what Central Baptist Church needs to do during this time of fear, this time of uncertainty, this time of a pandemic. This is what Central Baptist Church needs to do today. Number one, I'm just starting my outline. Number one is show the world that, is, that our heart is not troubled. Number one is show the world that our heart is not troubled. When the world looks at Central Baptist Church, do they see the same fear that they see it and they feel in themselves? They should not see that. Number two, we need to show the world why our heart is not troubled. And number three, as a result of that, we need to show the world salvation in Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12, and I'm going to close with this. It says this, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is the verse, that is the principle, that is where Central Baptist Church needs to respond to COVID-19. That's where Central Baptist Church needs to respond to this. I was talking to somebody a few, it was a couple years ago, and he was involved in hospice. And he was telling me something that was really interesting that I never, I, I never knew, I never even thought about. And he said, you know, the majority of hospice workers, now he's making a blanket statement that he doesn't know really, but it was interesting that he said this. He said the majority of hospice workers 
are, are believers, they're Christians. And I said, well, why do, you, why do you say that? He said, because every day they see death. And I said, okay, what, what, would make them, what would make them become Christians based on that? And he said this. He said, when they go to a deathbed of somebody, it is 90% of the time it's evident where they're going when they're given their last breath. He said that, that somebody that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, he said it's so evident. The fear is so tremendous. Many times they're so, um, they're so fearful. Many times they're screaming. They're, they're, um, they're at death's door. And he said many times it is so, so bad that they have to medicate them uh, to get them calm. And he said on the other side, he said, those that, that we are we're certain that know Jesus Christ as our Savior, he said, there's a peace that passes all understanding. There's a peace. And he said, a hospice worker cannot see that day in and day out and not, not come to real, realization that there is a heaven and there's a hell. And we as Central Baptist Church need to take this opportunity and number one, show the world that it's not fear. And the, because it's not fear, it's because of Jesus Christ that we have in our hearts. Let's pray.